0: Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross-Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. So, you'd like to believe in God, but you wonder, since the Bible says human beings were created in God's image, does that mean God shares all of our traits? For example, does God have a sense of humor? Well, my friend, God doesn't share all of our traits. That should be obvious. Not our sinful traits, of course. Sin is something we choose, and I know the Bible also talks about a sin nature. Our sin nature comes from a fall into sin committed by our ancestors, something we inherited. It involves some mysterious metaphysical changes in our being. A very detailed discussion for another show, an important question, but for another show, as for today, as far as humor is concerned, as a matter of fact, yes, God does have a sense of humor. Even before going to scripture, that would be a logical inference. Certainly human beings can't do anything God can't do. That includes the ability to laugh and the ability to say funny things, do funny things, make jokes. Look at nature. Can you just imagine the fun God must have had assembling a monkey, some kind of chimpanzee or a gorilla? How about an orangutan? How about another kind of animal, parrots? I don't know about you, I think parrots are hilarious, fascinating to be sure with their ability to mimic our speech, but hilarious in the way they look, the way they talk. I remember a few years ago in the news, a lost parrot, somebody's pet, was discovered and returned home, and it wasn't because the parrot was wearing a tag like a lost dog. You know how this parrot was returned home? The parrot actually had his address memorized. I would have been on the floor laughing if I had been the one to discover this parrot. Listening to that screechy voice give out directions. 9515 Connie Drive. 9515 Connie Drive. Right. <whistles> If nature is one witness, the Bible, of course, is another. Jesus often said things that were quite humorous. We sometimes miss it because we're so unfamiliar with the culture he spoke to. And I think you've noticed when you watch sitcoms or listen to comedians, we laugh about what's familiar. And of course, things are familiar in our culture because it's our culture. Without understanding the Bible's culture, we miss what they would have laughed at. Let me give you an example. When Jesus said that it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, He said this in Mark chapter 10. Now, that was a loaded statement. The needle that Jesus spoke of was not referring to a sewing needle. Yes, they had sewing needles in those days, but that's not the kind of needle he's talking about here. There was another usage of the word needle. A needle in those days referred to a portal coming into a city. It was a small portal at that. A portal so small it was very difficult for invading soldiers on horseback to just quickly gallop into a city they could only do this with great difficulty well if it was with difficulty that a man got his horse or sometimes his donkey into a portal it was next to impossible with a camel now they used camels a lot because people crossed the desert on them and they were useful but they were mean stubborn little cusses a stubborn camel was known to spit on his master while being dragged or pushed into a needle The image invoked here was hilarious as Jesus was talking and people were trying to imagine some rich man being pulled or somebody attempting to pull him into heaven through the eye of a portal, a needle, heaven's gate. But God was pretty funny back in the Old Testament, too. In Genesis chapter 18, God visits Abraham to remind him of a previous promise, that his wife Sarah will bear a son even though she was in her 90s. Sarah laughs at the very prospect. One year later, what happens? We know the story. She does have a son. And they name him what? They name him Isaac. You know what Isaac means? God laughed. God got the last laugh on Sarah. Now, speaking of culture, you probably don't know much about the ancient Egyptian culture, but you may be familiar with the Exodus story, the 10 plagues of Egypt. Did you know that every one of those 10 plagues, to one level, to some degree, was related to an Egyptian god? Whether it was the god of the river that was supposed to protect the River Nile, or the god of the fields that was supposed to protect them from locusts, and it went beyond that. Some of the very creatures, the pestilence, frogs, cattle, insects. These were animals and amphibians and insects that were actually worshipped by the Egyptians. You see God's sense of humor? Oh, you like frogs, huh? You want some more insects? And you're probably familiar with the story of Elijah who preached against so many false prophecies at a time when the high, high majority of people in ancient Israel were no longer walking with God. This was very draining on the prophet. And God told him to go and recharge his batteries. They didn't use batteries and use words like recharged in those days, see? Cultural, I'm talking about something from our culture, but the equivalent of that, get some rest, be rejuvenated. And God told him to go and wait at a cave and said he was going to come to him. And speak to him. Well, when we imagine God speaking, we always imagine what it will be like. Oh, if God speaks, it'll probably be with lightning or with fire or a thunderous voice. I remember that he did that with Moses. Well, let me read to you this account because what's funny is that all these phenomena that Elijah was imagining would precede God came. But each time it would stop and God didn't show up. And eventually God did show up, or at least his voice showed up, and it was much gentler and subtler than what Elijah was expecting. But let me read the words to you right out of the scripture. I'm reading from 1 Kings chapter 19, starting with verse 11. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. You see, this is just exactly what Elijah was expecting God to do. All this drama. And God's probably trying to show Elijah that he doesn't need drama, but he's teasing him. So it goes on. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. How special, how intimate that God wants to be our Heavenly Father even to the point of joking with us, laughing with us. My friends, a sense of humor is important. Doctors for years have pointed out the medicinal benefits of laughter. Knowing that God has a sense of humor makes God more approachable. It also makes his love for us easier to accept. This is Bob Siegel, making the obvious, obvious.